Finley Carraway presents The Middlevale Mystery, a short story in eight episodes. Dedicated to the readers of The Bridge Connection, where this story first appeared in serial form. I never thought your community would inspire such mysterious musings. Episode 1 Have you ever noticed that people act differently when they know they are being watched? Even your pet cat will probably look a little sheepish if caught checking out your budgerigar. Jim Stevens, you could say, had not figured this out. This is a problem because he is a photographer, and worse, a press photographer. He always misses the real story by spoiling the shot at the crucial moment. Oh, how he dreamed of politics or crime, a war photographer on the front line, breaking the exclusive stories. Even getting sneaky shots of celebrities would have worked. His editors, however, knew him better than he does himself and they wisely steered him to assignments he really couldn't get wrong. Like sports. Jim gets by, though. He really is skilled at photography. He lives a simple life in a little one-bedroom flat in St Kilda, which his auntie passed on to him when she died. Which really upset Jim, but that's a different story. His interior decoration is much like his career. Serviceable, unremarkable, and shabby around the edges. He has a few friends who think he's a bit strange, and he sees them from time to time, but it must be said that Jim is reclusive and lonely in his existence. No one can remember the last time he had a girlfriend. In fact, Melissa, his friend and workmate, actually snorted when Josephine asked her about him. Suffice to say, Josephine did not get her man. Poor Jim Stevens. What a tragic man. His real problem, though, is that things are about to get even worse. He's been called into his editor's office. Bruce Jones wants a little chat, and the news is not good. Jones tries to explain the situation as calmly as possible, with the greatest care. Mate. The boys upstairs, they're under pressure. Circulation's down, the bloody internet is ruining everything. I'm afraid we've got to cut costs. Jim looks pale. He may be a bit of a social dunce, but he's not an idiot. He interjects. You got my coverage of the footy though, right? I thought they were great. Bruce looks a little mollified. This is going to be tough. Jim, mate. It's not about your work. That's great. Always. But... Bruce is putting on a brave face. Which is good, because Jim is shrinking in his seat fast, and someone will need to send a rescue team down there soon. Bruce continues. There's no easy way to say this, Jim. I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go. We need people who can do all the rounds, and you know what happened with... Oh, don't you... Isn't, isn't there anything you can do? I'm afraid not, mate. 
Hands are tied. I'm really sorry. There's no need for you to hang around here today. Jim nods sadly and gets up slowly. Bruce comes around to his desk and pats him on the back and shows him out of his office. Turning the wrong way to his desk at first, a sullen and lost Jim Stevens goes to his desk and arranges his meagre belongings into his worn old camera bag. Melissa, popping up like a meerkat at her cubicle, looks to say something, but can't find the words. She looks like she might cry. Jim avoids her eyes and walks, moribund, out of the office and takes the lift down to the street. Later that day, the doorbell buzzes in Jim's flat, waking him from a fitful afternoon slumber on the couch. He looks around, blinking, and checks his watch and mutters to himself. He fell asleep on the couch after watching bad afternoon television. Scrambling up through a mess of drowned sorrows, chip bags, wrappers and crumbs, he answers the call. Melissa's voice crackles through the ageing intercom. Hi Jim, can I come up? Sure, yep. He presses the security button and sniffs, then looks at the state of the lounge room and then himself in the mirror. Christ! He wipes his face and shakes his head. A knock at the door is Melissa. She hugs him warmly. Hi Jim. I just want to know you're okay. You're okay, right? Yeah, thanks Mel. I'll be alright, I guess. Don't know what I'm going to do, though, he turns sadly. Melissa puts a hand on his arm softly and Jim smiles weakly. Well, he turns around to the kitchen. Drink? Thanks. Here. He hands her a beer and opens one himself. They sip their drinks silently for a moment. Melissa is trying to find the right timing. Jim, I got a call from an old family friend today. They're up in Middlevale, you know, near Castlemaine. Oh yeah, nice part of the world. Apparently, one of the locals there has a prize ram he wants photographed. I know, right? Jim stares at Melissa incredulously. No way. You're kidding. He calms down when he sees that Melissa hasn't finished. It's paid. I recommended you. My friend passed on your name and stuff and he's keen. It's just a couple of days, but free accommodation and meals. So, I go to the country to photograph a sheep and that's it, and they'll pay. It's a ram, Jim, a male sheep. Spectacular by all accounts. She flashes a cheeky grin. But, yes, that's the speed of it. Interested? Could be worse, I guess. Fresh air? Get me out of this godforsaken city with its stupid editors? Why not? It's just a sheep? Ram? Easy pickings. I thought you'd like that. I'll let my friend know and get the details to you. Can you head up tomorrow? It's only a couple of hours. Yeah, sure. Another drink? Melissa nods, and they have a few more and chat into the evening. Melissa, still having a real job, leaves after four beers, her school night limit, and leaves Jim looking happy. He packs up his clothes and camera gear and prepares a plan of attack for this ram.